is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold. I'm John Wade, the Garnet Texan. Uh, John, training camp started today. I know, it's like Christmas. It's like football is here. It's like, it's more like, I wouldn't say Christmas, opening day is Christmas. This is like, I don't know, what's the, the Catholic Advent? This is an, no, Advent. I would say New it's Year. Like we got our Advent calendar out now. I'd say it's a New Year, because yeah. it's like a new team... New resolutions, new changes. Don't worry about what we did last year. We're going to be better this year. All that stuff. That's what I feel like this is right now. I, Bill I O'Brien taking the realm at, at uh, coordinator. Deshaun Watson era may begin. You know, JJ's back. JJ wasn't there last year. Like all these things. Clowney came out last year. Is he going to take a step forward? Like so many different things, so many different storylines. Um, I do. I feel like it's New Year's. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I like my analogy better. Yeah, I mean, you, you I mean, would. We get, we get a little bit, we got like little bitty presents, little bitty presents, and then opening day we get the big presents. Yeah, but all you get is the stupid chocolates every time you open that stupid calendar. What do you fucking think training camp is? It's More stupid. than chocolate. Well, I mean, it's like a little fancy toy. I mean, we get excited, but it doesn't mean anything. If I got a dreidel, I'd be all right. A dreidel. All right. <laughs> um... So, obviously, some good stuff coming out of training camp. Uh, We'll hop right into it, guys, give you a layout of of the show. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about training camp, Um, some of the other news that has come up between last week and this week, Uh, and then we will be diving into the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, kind of our opinions of what they did in the offseason, their draft, Um, what we expect to see from the Jaguars uh, in the upcoming season, Um, and then we will go from there. So, training camp. Probably the biggest story right now. Dwayne Brown, not there. Rick Smith, man. Rick Smith. Gangster, bro. Dude, he's he's looking like, oh, pretty clear. And he's got that mustache now, too. Like, this dude looks like he's straight thugging, and I like it. And his, resta- his response was perfect. I do. I think it was perfect. There is no contract dispute. He's under contract for the next yeah. two years. I mean, that, that is, that's stone cold. And I give it to him, especially since the rumor is Brown only wants guaranteed money. Well, uh, and he's already he, lost 250 k Yeah. And he's just looking for guaranteed money. He's not getting it. No, he's not. He's not, not getting response. it. He's not getting it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, talking a little bit about Rick Smith, it's like, what are we spending the money on? We gave up. We're, we're, we're working towards something. Yeah. I think we all know what we're working towards. It's not like he's going to come out and be like, all right, guys, here's what we're thinking. We got to sign Nuck real quick. We got to save money for for Clowney. We got to save money for McKinney. He's not going to do that. We got to also maybe possibly well, have money if Tom Savage is the guy. He hasn't signed Nuke yet. I mean, we've got training camps already beginning, and they don't they'll negotiate They'll negotiate till the first game. No, no, no. They'll negotiate till the first game. I think it was, uh, there was like two or three deals that we've done in late August. August 11th. I, the only reason I remember this is because I saw a, a post about it. It was like August 11th, August 26th, and then there was another middle August day where deals were well, done. Matt Schaub was actually done in August. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> at the time, it was the right move. Right, right. I mean, but that was just, that was, that was Rick Smith under Kubiak. Yeah. Has he done any with Bill O'Brien here? Um, Merck, I think. Merck? I think Merck was. Okay. That I'm pretty sure Merck was. Better. It's not Bill just, O'Brien. I can't, I can't remember any. I, I mean, all I'm wondering is, we'll, we'll know soon enough if it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why DeAndre isn't making it a big deal and why his tone's changed a little bit from last year. I mean, he was interviewed today by Marshall Falk about it and... He said, look, I'm just here, and I don't want to let down my team. You know, I'm, I'm here, and I want to win, and I want to get a championship. I think his tone's changed for a reason. I think he has an idea that it's coming, mm-hmm. uh, and they're obviously probably working out the details. I think it's a little bit that last year he knew he was coming off a beast of a season. He just knew. This year, he came back down to earth a little bit. It's not entirely his fault, but it's not just that absolutely ridiculous top five season that he had that he had uh, two years ago. Sure. I mean, I'm sure that may play a part, but I, I, I don't know. To me, he he there's there's been murmurs, I'm assuming, between his agent 
and Rick Smith. And oh, they've been talking all summer. So that's what I'm saying. There's no reason for him to think that a deal is not going to get done. Um, and he's there and he's happy and he's doing everything he's supposed to be doing. So I, I, I think Hop will get done. Um, you know, I also think, honestly, I believe the media plays into it. Absolutely. Because last year, all we were talking about this time last year is our entire offense revolved around Nick. That's it. Constantly. Everywhere in Houston, everywhere. It was true. Pretty much everywhere in the NFL. That's all they talked about. Yeah. The entire Texans offense was through Hopkins. So I think that kind of blew up his head a little bit, too. And Maybe. this year, all of a sudden, what's everybody talking about? How crappy our offensive line is. How how bad the offense was last year. How bad our offensive was. How Dwayne Brown was, he was the top five um, run blocker. Yeah. Did you see that? The, Which, in years past, he struggled with run blocking. Yeah. No, and He, he was, was always the, been a great top-tier pass blocker. He was the number one tackle in the playoffs. Yep. Like, he, he had a great year, so now he's doing the whole Hopkins thing. I don't think it has to do with that, though. I don't think it's about his stats. or what, I, I think it's, first of all, he, he knows where he stands and that they need him. I say that in quotations mm-hmm. because no NFL team needs anybody, but with our offensive line situation, Dwayne Brown missing impacts our line dramatically. And then yeah, on top the, of that. I think it's, it parallels very nice to Hopkins because last year was the same thing. We needed Hopkins or we didn't have any veterans on – any veterans on offense, really, other than a newly signed uh, but, Miller and yeah, but the, the other difference guy we don't talk about anymore. The difference is to me is that uh, he has no guaranteed money left. Uh, Hopkins was on his rookie deal. Um, it's not every day that you see rookies get an extension after year three when there's two years still left, especially when one of them's an option. So um, I think Dwayne, the money, and also that. We're short on tackles. I think those are the two things. Everybody's that, short on tackles. Well, and that's been the whole narrative all summer. I'm just saying that the narratives that the media throws out there that we throw out there, I think that plays a part because that's all you hear all summer. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you got to think like they have smart people behind them and in their ear. Like, yeah, but they're listening. I'm sure they're listening. They're not listening to us, but, but they're listening to other people. But even if they're listening to other people, like they know the franchise better than we do. They know the franchise better than Sports Radio 610 or or whoever it is that's speculating. They know that franchise. They know what they're thinking and what's going on in their mind. They know the guys that they work next to and those people that are working on the line with them. I would say there's maybe a 5% influence, but I don't think it's a very heavy influence whatsoever. It's more than 5%. I don't think so. Think these, guys are, these guys are all athletes. They're all athletes. They're all pros. But, I mean, it was like when SportsCenter came around, there was the... In the NBA, everybody wanted to make the top plays at the end of the night. Like that was the. So big you really thing. think that players went into like I'm going to make the top play? Yeah, I think it. I think it's in their head. I don't. I think Not all of them. I don't think like the be- like the best ones. It is, but I think they hear the noise, and it does affect them. Yeah, but what did a top ten play turn into for somebody? Like uh, how, well, financially, what did it lean on? Well, for instance, like uh, what's his name, Vince Carter. I mean, he's, he's you wouldn't a, have heard anything about him if you couldn't dunk the damn ball. But that was a dunk contest. Yeah, that's different. That's well, still a top play. But your job is no, it's not. It's not during a game. That's a dunk contest. Your <laughs> yeah, job but is it, a dunk. It lit up Sports Center. Like that well, was of course my whole it point. Did. It was a dunk contest. My whole point isn't is not the top plays. It's the narratives that get built up. Maybe I, I disagree. Oh well, I disagree. Um, but I don't think we're signing him, and I think he'll report to camp soon. I really I, do. I agree. I think two hundred fifty k missing out of his pocket already. He's going to, what is it, 40000 a day or something like that? Some It's something to us that's a lot. To them, it's not astronomical. And his no, wife's it's still per- enough where it's, it's yeah, a I, lot to him. I think it ends up being like almost 850 k that he would yeah. end up lose. But his, wife's also, his wife also does really well. She makes quite a bit of money. So I don't know what their financial situation is enough. But something tells me just based on Dwayne Brown and, you know, the kind of guy he is, I don't see him holding out all the way through. I, I really don't. And you know what's funny is every year – Every year somebody holds out mm-hmm. and everybody wonders, is this the year that we're going to finally see somebody, not a rookie, but like an actual veteran hold out through the NFL season? Like name one besides Jamarcus Russell. You're right. I mean, that's that's what they did. It never happens. I mean, they all report at some time. They report. Yeah. They're, none of their money's guaranteed. And this is what it's all about. He and he's wants, not missing game checks. Yeah. Well, if he plays the first game, his season. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to yeah. miss a game check. I, my only fear with him, especially with him, is anybody that holds out for an extended period of time always gets hurt. Yep. Well, he and he's got an injury history too. That's that's the part that sucks. Yeah. And hopefully, he just stays away from Mexico. 
Yeah, absolutely. No more, uh, no more false. Uh, no more tests. tainted beef. Um, so Dwayne Brown, big story. I mean, like I said, I, I think he'll be there. I think he'll be there within the next week. That's just me, though. I mean, I don't have any inside sources. I haven't talked to anybody. Um, but I, I do think he'll be there within the next week. I have no clue. I You're, hope he's there sooner rather than later. But he's he's a veteran. He can. He's not going to play much at all in, in the preseason. No. I just hope he's there long enough to get to get in sync with the rest of the offensive line because we've obviously got some moving parts there. I wish uh-huh. he was there because of JJ. I know it sounds like simple, and but it's like why JJ? Well, because JJ's not lining up against top tier competition. Yeah, he's beating up on Kendall Lamb and, and a cornerback. Like I heard he beat a cornerback <laughs> today on John Harris's thirty-one observations. Like he, well, he's he beat a cornerback, which in a real game would have been a sack. It's like well, it better be. It's a cornerback. It's a cornerback. <laughs> um, so why is a cornerback blocking I, a defensive end? I don't know. I'm sure, we read that. I'm right. sure he, he either I read it wrong or he wrote it wrong. It was something like that. Maybe right. it was a wide receiver. Maybe he meant to put wide receiver. But um, either way, like JJ's coming back from injury. He's getting back into the swing of things. He's trying to get his groove back and going against a top tier offensive lineman helps him get, reach that level that he was at before going against Kendall Lamb. Probably not so, you know, so much Chris Clark, probably not so much. So, you know, I'd like for him to get back and compete with J.J. a little bit. You're right. There's nothing else I can say on that. You're right. I mean, what is it? Iron or iron sharpens iron? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So and then uh, we had Zachary Oren for a visit. Uh, what was it? Three days ago? Yeah. Two days ago. Tuesday. Haven't, haven't heard Monday. anything more. I really like that kid. Actually, I really like him, too. I liked him when he came out. I, I, he, I, he was a beast for Baltimore. Baltimore made a big mistake by not putting that I forgot what it was but there was a transaction that they could have done that wouldn't well they, they could have put him on I think on the reserved or something like that it was something similar that's that easy yeah. that they could have kept him um but they he could have tendered him something they could it was something I mean I forgot the wording for it but he was they mishandled paperwork from what I understand yeah they honestly thought he was gonna retire that's yep. what they're and so they just trust him saying. and he may still because nobody signed him yet true and he is he's had five visits yeah he is a good, good player. He is a good player. It's a very, the injury he has had is a very risky injury, though. Well, he hasn't actually had the injury yet. Well, he has potentially have. I'm sorry. Potential. He could it's potentially the, uh, have. It's the neck or something like that. Right. It's one yeah. of the C vertebrae. Yeah. Um, somebody that knows their anatomy could probably tell us a little bit better yeah. about that. But it's enough where they're worried that one wrong hit and he's paralyzed. That may be why he hasn't been signed yet, because nobody wants to be the team that Especially when he's been warned. They don't want him in their uniform and us having to do the half times where he gets carted out onto the wheelchair and all that. Like, nobody wants to be that team. No, not only that. I think it's also kind of what you pointed out before we we hopped on. We were just kind of side-talking it. But he's probably asking for a little bit more money than what teams are willing to give him right now. He's probably asking for what he's earned. And nobody wants to pay him that because they're afraid he's going to get hurt. Yeah. And, I mean, he's good. No, he's really good. At the same time. That would be the our linebackers would be just that'd be crazy depth. He wouldn't be a starter. He would have to rotate in. It's arguable that he's better than Cushion. He probably is better than Cushion, but Cushing. Well, he's younger, faster than Cushing. So yeah. yeah. Cushing is still looked upon as the quarterback of our defense. So well, not he's really. Gonna, not the quarterback. Bernardrick's the quarterback. He's a Mike linebacker. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> In Bill O'Brien's worldview. Yes, from like a he veteran needs, leadership quarterback. He, needs yes. cu- he wants Cushing out there keeping Benardrick straight. Benardrick's making the calls, but Cushing's the one that's keeping him in line. And making sure that he gets the I think we'll see less right of that one. this year. Maybe. Just based on McKinney's I, uh, descent. You, you know, know, if... The where, honestly, where he's if going... McKinney, if McKinney was there, though, we wouldn't have kept Cushing. Cushing would have been cut. I don't think that's true. You know how Bill O'Brien is with rookies. He's not going to just let Cunningham go. And say, here you go. You're, no, no, no. You're probably, the, the way the offseason played out would have probably been a little bit different. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think they would have cut Cushing. I mean, for what he's making. What is it, like $8 million? Yeah. But yeah, but we, there, was, there was a point where we needed every extra dollar in the cap space, and we got it. Like, now we're number five in cap space, and I haven't done anything with I it. wish we would have kept Bouye. <laughs> no kidding. Like, Jesus Christ. I really hate that we let him go. And I, I know, know like we're I know to... the knock on Boye is a lot of people a lot of the coaching staff feel as though he was a product of our system. They said the same thing about Josh Norman. That is true. 
And you know what? Even if Boye is a product of our system. It doesn't matter. It works. It worked. <laughs> he, like, may been, he may have been the perfect part. It might have been the perfect mashup of players' skills and talents working in a system. Doesn't matter. Results are results. Results are results. You're not going to argue with how you get them. And we let him go. Yeah. Well, anyways, so we'll get to that a little bit later once we talk about the team he went to. The Jacksonville Glitter Kitties. Glitter Kitties. My least hated AFC South team. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, whatever. Fuck I mean, <laughs> I don't like them all. I don't like any of them, but whatever. You know, their their fans are funny. Their they, fans are they, funny. They embrace the whole bags. They embrace being called the glitter kids. Are we just gonna get into it now? Yeah, let's okay, go. Okay. I, I, what else do we have to talk about? Um, I mean, training camp. It's training camp. Everybody's happy. Everybody's excited. I mean, it's the first day. I will say this though. Um, I watched the periscope of when they arrived last night. Because I got the little tweet, so I logged in. They as the buses pulled up, there was a band out there, like greeting them, and they were playing songs. And it seems, I like that we just changed something. If that makes any sense, we changed from what we've done in the past, right? And it kind of goes with the old mantra: you do what you always done, you get what you always get. Even though it's a subtle change in like a destination training camp, um, I like what this could do for the team in the sense of bonding, relationships, things like that. I like that part of this. And the energy just looked completely different than when you've seen them come across the practice field prior to. It, it just it felt different. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying we're going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But what it just looked like a completely different vibe. And not to like get corny, but it just kind of reminded me of like when and remember the Titans when they leave where they went to go practice and they all got on the bus after, you know, before when they got there, they were all hated each other because they were black and white and all this. And then when they were leaving, they were all happy and all this. I just got this very weird vibe. And I mean, who am I to like say that it's I'm right or anything, but I, I like that they're doing it. They're all they're going to be doing is spending time with each other now. There's nothing else they can do. Yeah, I mean... There's nothing else they can do. You're right. Part of me from... I thought I used to always think it was really cool. We were one of the few teams that had their training camp in their home city. Like, I thought that was cool. I mean, sure. I know some of the teams just go outside to their suburbs, um, and they're, they kind of expand their reach, but... Well, the Cowboys copy this. Well, they've been going the, to Oxnard. No, but they have... They are literally building as we speak... Oh, yeah, they've got the Jerry star. World number two. Yeah, the Star Complex, which is actually pretty badass in Frisco. Damn, don't say that. It, it is. No, you can't give credit to them. You have to give it's, You give credit where credit's I'd due. I'd rather you give credit to the Colts. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, I agree. No, I, I did think it was cool. I did think it was cool. And I do like that they're at least going to have two open practices. A uh, little, little hint, it's going to be August 1st and August 2nd. But... Um, I don't know if they've actually come out and said that yet. Tickets aren't available. I went and looked online just to kind of see um, before that cum sucker comes and makes you pay $10 per ticket on Craigslist because he bought, got all 100 of them for free. Anyways. Um, I think you're mumbling a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like it. And I do like the weather. Like, I know people are like, oh, my God, why do they need to go to cooler weather? They play in the bubble. Well, you want that outside atmosphere. You want to feel like you're playing outdoors a little bit. I mean, they play indoors. I get it, but... And apparently it made a difference. All the observations that we've been getting is everybody was talking about the energy. They were talking about how much quicker they were to get into practice and get into drills. And, and it was Tom making Savage, a difference. Tom Savage was leading the offense, too. That was one of the big things I read from like Pat and, and John Harris was that Tom looked like he had control, total control of yeah, the offense. Tom, it was from Tom's like the starter. Well, yeah. Yeah, Tom, yeah. I know that. <laughs> But he didn't have full control last year is what I'm saying. Yeah. So hopefully he's grown. But yeah. I mean, that's that's exciting. And hopefully getting Kevin to Johnson pace. adding mean, weight. Probably the one knock on his game was his frame. Yeah. It usually takes about a year and a half to get. It's always the second surgery with the foot. If you look at all the receivers um, like Julio Jones, um, Des Bryant. Yeah. You know, I said another cowboy. Are you going to you going to yell at me? No, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, Julian Edelman. It always takes the two surgeries. He's now had the two surgeries. Yeah. Hopefully that means he's good. Yeah. Hopefully. We need him. We do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, he he's physically more talented than Boye, so he can hopefully ease that wound. But dude, he's faster than Boye too. It just makes me sad. Could you imagine if we 
kept Boyer, then we could have Johnson and Boyer for like the next 10 years and just be set at corner. I mean, well, yeah. Can't cry over spilled milk. Oh, well. It's okay. Anyways. RIP Boyer. Um, <laughs> so let's hop into the Jacksonville glitter, I mean, Jaguars. Um, the bags? Yeah. I'm going to be honest here. Um, I didn't say a lot of good things about the Colts. I said a lot of good things about the Titans. I like what the Jags did. But you before know, we, we get into personnel, we do. Year. We do. They're always the spooky team. Like, they're always this close. They're always, you better watch the Jags. They're going to sneak up on you. I mean, shit, they should. Six years without a winning record. They have so many high draft picks. Yeah. Like, one day they are going to be good. But sometimes... And this is just from past experiences and things that I've also seen is sometimes you have to make a change at the top for you to get results at the bottom. And bringing in Tom Coughlin to oversee football operations and kind of helping them in the way of what they're doing. I honestly think it's the understatement of the offseason for AFC for the AFC South. I think Tom Coughlin brings a certain winning element, winning attitude, uh, no bullshit attitude. A, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. I mean, that's his, that's what he, I mean, that was him. That's how he approaches it. If you weren't 15 minutes early, you were late. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that kind of discipline and things like that, that I feel like the Jags have missed in the past, you know, and especially with Gus Bradley, uh, coming from Seattle where it's Pete Carroll's, you know, hippie vibes, you know, players coach, all that. Um, I think your players tend to get a little undisciplined if you're not Pete Carroll. Um, And I think that Gus Bradley. Well, even Pete Carroll's having that. That's what I'm saying. It wears off at some point when you're not held to a certain expectation and standard. You get lazy or you you take a certain, you know, a certain approach. And I do believe that Coughlin is going to bring that discipline and that 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 hostility and everything else that he did. Uh, in New York and and bring it to Jacksonville and I I well, don't he, like that I really don't because they have they have talent on the roster. Here's I'm gonna look at it from the other end. Here's okay. the thing about bringing in Coughlin, Coughlin, Coughlin. Yep, not Coughlin. <laughs> I've I've forgotten how to talk. Um, it's a complete 180 in philosophies. Like Jaguars were the first NFL team to embrace, um, what is it like the almost the money ball type aspect. They had the guy that's now the GM of a soccer team that was coming in and doing all the analytic-based drafting and analytic-based scouting. Mm-hmm. And now Coughlin comes in, and it's complete 180. Like, his draft this year that we're going to talk about, that could have been from the mid-'80s. That's like, okay, though. That traditional, old-school draft. It's what the Titans did. It's what the Titans do. It's now the Titans. Actually, that's their offense. It's the 80s ground and pound punch you in the mouth mentality. That's the Titans in, in a nutshell. Well, that's their offense, but not the yeah. type of players that they scout. I mean, if you look at their offensive players, you could probably argue that that's the same. Mentality. Well, you're not going to. The Titans didn't draft a running back in the first round. It was the second round, but it was but still same mentality. And then Bruiser. Get, what? Bruiser. Yeah. Um, and then spending the draft capital on. A, he was the best offensive lineman available, but he still probably was an overreach on. But because of the position that he played, Cam Robinson, as we'll talk talk to him, talk about him here in a little bit. But it's just a different philosophy. Coglin's bringing in that old school instead of reaching to get the guys that should be the analytic darlings. Yeah, but instead the Titans are the analytic darlings. Yeah, um, I think Coughlin is going to. This is. I mean, I really do believe that that Coughlin's bringing a certain um, level of discipline that that organization is needed, and I think that's I mean, specifically why he was brought in. To yeah. in my opinion, um, that's why he was brought in, and the fact that he has two rings is why he was brought in. And the Jack Jaguars need to do something, and they looked pretty beastly last year with Marone coaching. Yeah, I mean, they turned it on the last two games of the year. Yeah. And that's kind of scary, but they have the potential to do it. They always have, though. That's the problem. Yeah, They've never reached it. They're the Jaguars. Well, and Doug Marone is another recycled head coach. Fail, you know, failure in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, I I get that. He, you know, had a couple couple good games last year, but I feel like you see that also. Wasn't he the one that left Buffalo because he thought he could get a better job and then nobody hired him? Yeah, I think I think that was him. 
I mean, it, it kind of reminds you of like those coaches that I mean, you see it at least every other year or two where a coach has a, a good end to the season as the interim and then they're hired on as a head coach. And it's like, OK, if they failed. And a lot of reasons why they had the success at the end was just because of the change of head coach, not necessarily the direct impact that new interim head coach made on the team. It's just that there was a change and the players were glad there was a change. Yeah. So they go out and play harder. I mean, football, honestly, with the salary cap and everything, all these rosters are incredibly close. This is why having a quality quarterback makes a big difference, but also playing with emotion and playing with something on your shoulder. Yeah. Like a chip on your shoulder. It makes a difference in football, and that's why new coaches usually come in. What was his name? The guy that looked like the uh, professional wrestler down in Miami. Oh, uh, I forgot his name. Everybody always called him like, um, dang, like Biceps McGee. What was his, what I don't was his name? His name. But, I mean, all he had was a fiery, fiery personality. He yeah, kind of like Mike anything, And he went on this huge winning streak. He couldn't maintain it. So maybe it's the same deal with Moreau? Yeah. So let's jump into uh, some of the free agency acquisitions. Let's get the main one out of the way. A.J. Bouye, cornerback. Don't want to talk about um, it. It hurts. They lost Davon House, added A.J., uh, John Sulking. Um, they, uh, they lost Davon House, added A.J., and so they basically upgraded. And yep. when you talk about their cornerback tandem of Jalen Ramsey – and AJ Bouye, um, it's definitely a top tier. Based on AJ last year, it's definitely a top tier cornerback duo. Maybe, maybe, you know, the best tandem in the league over the next maybe five to seven years, potentially. I mean, they have that potential. They do. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying they have the potential to be. I can't think of another team that where they have two other cornerbacks that are that are better than both of them, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean Marcus have, Peters is great. They have the potential. And it's scary, and I hate it because... I don't like Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I love him, but I hate him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a freaking phenomenal corner. He is. He's very physical. And if he learns how to ever catch a ball... He's... It's... Yeah. No, agreed. I mean... I love his physicality I've never that he seen brings. somebody drop so many interceptions, and that's actually saying a lot. He's always in position to get one. Yep. He's always so... He's so good at undercutting. Yeah. It, I mean, he's solid at it. Um, so anyway, so they got AJ Bouye, whatever. Um, they added Calais Campbell, which is uh, he's on the decline of his career, um, but I do think Calais Campbell is going to be a, a pretty well, pretty big part of what they're doing. He's a great player to bring in. It was almost like us bringing in Will Fork a couple of years ago, where they have yeah, where they have a bunch of youth on the defensive line that is kind of underperformed. Yep. And you bring in Calais. He shows them how to be a professional. Yep. He shows them how to take the game seriously. Yep. Um, especially for... But he's also good. Ahead. Yeah, and he's really good. He really is good. He's still good. He's like, a he's solid, a he's a solid, solid 3-4 defensive lineman. And but he's, he's technically a 4-3 over here in um, Jacksonville. And he's a... I mean, yeah, he's solid. He's going he's gonna to rush the, the passer. That's arguably Jacksonville's biggest shortcoming is... They aren't able to put pressure. But it's not like they didn't invest. But now because they, they have invested, try. they've invested in the draft. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they have. I mean, in the past, that's what they've been addressing. So, and then they added Barry Church um, from a team uh, within Texas, um, <laughs> and uh, they upgraded in that position. In my opinion, I do think he was better than Johnny Jonathan Cyprian. Uh, a little bit of a different safety, um, different style of play. Yeah. I like Cyprian. I actually wish we had gone after Cyprian a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Church, some of our our friends to the north think that he was probably one of their better defensive players last year. And, and he, Well, I mean, he probably was. Yeah. I mean, their well, team, I mean, they're, they're god-awful defense. And so there was a lot of pissing and moaning That's on the radio me. here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the Jacksonville has a defense that looks like they could be pretty legit. Are they on the same level? Would you consider them on the same level as Houston's? Absolutely not. I mean, absolutely not. I mean, their roster looks good. Um, Other than Ramsey, is there a single player on their defensive that, that you would take over one of ours? Maybe Church over Yeah, I'd take Dante Fowler over uh, Christian Covington. Fowler really hasn't done anything. He hasn't, yet. but He's got based a lot on of potential, potential, I'd take Fowler over Covington. Are you So we're considering Covington a starter? 
I think I think he will be a starter. You think he will be? Yeah, I think it'll be a well. Okay, we'll get into that at another time. But yeah, <laughs> I, I I do think he will be a starter. Um, I I do like Dante Fowler. I I think he has the potential of being good, and I think where. Tom Coughlin comes in again as a player like Dante being able to discipline him and kind of Michael Strahan him, not saying that he will be Michael Strahan. So please don't kill me already. I'm just saying with what, you know, what Michael Strahan was to Tom Coughlin, you know, maybe Tom, maybe uh, Dante Fowler could be that same defensive end for, for Coughlin now in Jacksonville. Um, I like Telvin Smith a lot. If we ran a four, three, I'd probably be okay with having Telvin Smith. He's a great coverage Outside linebacker, not great at pass at, at rushing the passer, but um, he's fast, very fast actually, um, and I th- I think he's solid. I take Jalen Ramsey absolutely over yeah. any of our corners, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, there's some players on their defense I would rather have. Um, trying to think also their defensive tackle. Um, oh, who was it? Another defensive tackle, Malik Jackson. Oh, I I like Malik Jackson too. Yeah. He's good. Miles Jack is good. Miles Jack could be really good. He could be insanely good in a couple of years. Correct. So that's know. what I'm saying. So they have pieces again, but will they be able to put it together? I mean, they had a decent draft. Uh, I mean, we can get into that for sure. Um, I mean, obviously, first round pick Leonard Fournette. Um, I think it's going to come down to how they use Leonard Fournette. Well, what they're my guess what they're going to try and do is they're going to try and be one of those old school ground and pound games. Oh, they also some... added Brandon Albert. Yeah, offensive line. They uh, get Fournette. They now have I think they have two fullbacks on their roster, like including one that they drafted. Fournette is that old school running back. He is. He stand. He, it's like when the people talk about him, it's almost like they were talking about the same strengths and weaknesses as Adrian Peterson back at Oklahoma. He runs too upright. He has to follow his lead blocker. Um, he relies on trucking people. Is he going to be able to do that? Same? Is he going to be able to run to contact in the NFL like he did in college? He is a grown man. If he can do that, he's going to be really, really good. I mean, I think he'll have the certain advantages in certain games, you know, based on linebacking cores and stuff like that. But if he's this I think McKinney would knock him on his ass, to be honest with you. I do, too. But and especially if he's like this past year, his um, last year in college is he was hurt the whole season. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to get with Fournette. I think they're going to get burst where he looks like, yeah, he was definitely should have been a number one pick. And then you're going to get burst of him sitting on IR. A lot of people in Jacksonville are, you know, saying that he, he could be the second coming of Maurice Jones-Drew. Different player. Completely different Completely player. different player, but that's what they're saying. They're saying as far as a running back, like that that level of running back play that they got out of Maurice Jones-Drew. Not the same play, but just that level of what they got from Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah, I mean, he's... Maurice Jones-Drew was great. Amazing. He's just... He's old school. Like, it, no joke could have been... I apologize. I just read uh, the Son of Bum book, so I have Earl Campbell in my head, and I watched a couple of those games after reading the book, and that's the same sort of play. Yeah. Like that that draft, that the Love You Blue draft, where drafted Earl Campbell, drafted a bunch of offensive line, like that. That's pretty much what the Jaguars draft reminds me of. I agree. Like it's just, and it could still have success. You it have could. that ridiculously strong defense, which it looks like they're going to have a ridiculously strong defense. I don't. They're not necessarily an elite defense, but they're going to be a very strong defense. They have the potential to be an elite defense. And then if you get Fournette, and then they have so much depth at receiver. So if you have a healthy Fournette that makes that opens up easy throws for for Bortles, so he doesn't Bortle, then yeah, they're scary. That could be very scary. Yeah, but, I mean it's all going to come down to Bortles. Yeah, but. We'll get into him a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Fournette was a solid pick. Um, and then they, they freaking steal Cam Robinson in the second round. I mean, I mean, it, it could go either way. I, I like Cam Robinson. I, I don't know what it is about him that you don't like. He's got everything you want out of an offensive tackle. He's slow. Like, he's just, he's slow. 
when you watch the games, like he's physically he's a beast. And there's nothing that really stands out. It's about his technique that's bad. But he's always, he seems a little bit slower. Like if he wasn't such a big guy in college, I don't think that he looks as good as he does in college. But he's very good technically. Yeah. He's very good technically. But he's slow. That's fine. I'm not talking about running speed. I'm talking about reaction speed. No, I know. I know. I mean, you can be technically solid, but if you're just slower to react. And he's a good blocker in the second I mean, level, too. You just take just that extra little bit of reaction time against somebody like, I don't know, J.J. Watt or Jadavian Clowney. I mean, that's going to that's gonna make a difference. I think against like average NFL players, he's going to be fine. And he'll probably be a, just a solid tackle. I don't think he's going to be like an all-pro tackle. No, I think he's probably going to be a solid tackle. He'll probably be in the league for like eight to 10 years. Solid. How would you feel to have a solid tackle right now? Opposite Joanne Brown. That's what I'm saying. Is it an, is it an amazing pick? No, but it gives them a solid tackle. Yeah. Um, and then you get into, um, Dewan Smoot, the defensive end out in Illinois. Um, I mean, people, say that he could potentially actually start. Like I don't know how. I don't know. They were talking about him like Jacksonville has this habit of getting good players out of Illinois. Um, I was listening to their podcast, doing my research, and they, they seem a little bit happier about him. He seems to be a little bit more solid against the run than the guy, the other guy um, whose name starts with an N and then a G that I can't say. Yeah. Do you know how to say his name? Nagauki. Sure. Nagaku. Nagakui? Something like that. I mean, if somebody can send us a like. pronunciation guide, sure. I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, please. Because, I mean, that name's just alphabet soup. But, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's another guy out of Illinois. That's all he really has going for him, in my opinion. But... We'll see. Yep. D.D. Uh, Westbrook, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. That's a pick that's a steal. Yeah. D.D. Westbrook, the only reason he fell is because he's apparently an asshole off the field. Like, there's just no other way to put it. He's just an asshole. He's been in trouble. Um, it's always for stupid things. It's nothing ever major. It's just stupid. And this is a kid that he win the Blitnikoff. Yep. He was at the Heisman ceremony. Like he, he's met Sean Watson. They got to hang out. Like he's a ridiculously talented player. He's a little bit redundant because he's pretty much Marcus Lee. Um, but it's probably a good. Well, pick. that game he had against Texas. Yeah, and it's it's a good pick. Even if he doesn't do anything this year, it usually takes a receiver two or three years to mature. So he's fast too. He's very fast. Whatever they use Marcus Lee for, they'll let Marcus Lee walk this year. Yep. And then they'll drop Westbrook in. And if Westbrook is one of those ridiculous. Rookies that just comes out of nowhere and does well, then they're playing with house money. They've got Hearns, uh, just a ridiculous receiver. Hearns, Robinson, and now this kid. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You don't know. Uh, it just makes you sad. We don't have enough corners to cover all their receivers. No, it's just they're. Nobody has enough corners to cover all their receivers. I like D.D. Westbrook, and I like what he brings to the field, and I think he can be a good, solid, dependable wide receiver. Um, but to me, it just reminds me a little bit of the Justin Blackman. Just a little bit. Not the same style of play. I'm saying the persona. So. I mean, has he actually had alcohol problems? I just thought that it, his main thing was that he just was more of a character issue guy. Like right. Was just but Blackman had character issues too. Yeah, yes. The was, alcohol was a, was a big, big problem. Blackman but his was character was Correct. But his character was a, a fucking problem was when he really? came to camp. Yes. Huh. It was one of the biggest things they were talking about before they knew about the alcoholism. I mean, he was just I a remember, diva wide receiver. You yeah. don't remember when he came out? I remember his little, the little boy that he was best friends with that he always wore the, the bracelet for. Like, I remember all those character pieces on, on that. I don't remember that. Yeah, but I think it was a, Deion Sanders or something like that, and he had like a conversation with Deion. Yeah, and I remember was, that. I remember him being a diva. Yeah, but I thought with him it was just alcohol. 
he was a diva, but it was alcohol. All like star receivers are divas. That's kind of what they do. Even Hop has that to an extent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, and then we go to uh, fifth round pick Blair Brown, uh, short, short, short middle linebacker, five eleven. But he's apparently a tackling machine. Right. That's what he does. And that's what he, they need. I mean, he's they drafted. have good cover linebackers. He's drafted, but he kind of reminds me of that guy on um, the Falcons, uh, Warlow. Um, he's one of the Falcons starters. He's very, very undersized, but he's in on every play. Uh, from the little bit that I've watched. He's about, a hard-ass hitter, too. Yeah. From what I've watched about Blair Brown, that's pretty much what he does. He's going to be in on every play. He may not bring the guy down, but he's going to be slowing him down, so one of the bigger guys can knock the crap out of him. Yeah. Um, and then we have... Jalen Myrick, cornerback out of Minnesota. Um, obviously, we're getting into the seventh round. You're going to take depth. Guys that have potential to you know, possibly make the roster um, and have an impact. He's fast. He's very fast. 4, 4.29 40-yard dash. Um, that doesn't always relate to coverage skills. No, but he's talented. But he is um, talented. He's, and he's, he's going to play special teams anyways. I mean... When you got that sort of speed, you're running special teams. Yep. He's going to be a gunner. If he turns that into any sort of coverage skills, good on them. But he's going to be a gunner on special teams. And that'll be the biggest thing. Um, and then fullback out of Miami, Marquez Williams. That is going to be touchdown vulture junior. Apparently he's just like um, the touchdown vulture. He played for Carolina, went to Coastal Carolina. Um Played for San Diego before that. You know who I'm talking about? Big round guy. Tolbert. Oh shoot! Now, of course, when we're recording, I can't remember his name, but I could have told you. You called him if you played fantasy football for I don't know the past six years. You would have called him the touchdown vulture. He always got the touchdowns in San Diego, and then he even did it a little bit here when he was with Carolina. Um, Mike Tolbert. Tolbert. There you go. Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, I didn't hear you. Come on, John. You gotta speak up. Man. You gotta listen to me. Well, Stop might, ignoring me the whole time. That, that um, yeah, Mike Tolbert. Yeah, that's that's what he reminds me of. Yeah, that's who he's going to be. I mean, if you're going to, I mean, whatever. Your, your last pick, so, you're, you're taking a fullback. If you're drafting Fournette and Fantasy, just watch out for him. Um, <laughs> so draft-wise, I mean, eh, whatever. I, I mean, it was I, a nothing, solid draft. It was an okay draft. I wouldn't say solid. I don't, they didn't really address any needs. Well, the problem running is back, they have. They take a running back every year. Every other Denard year. Robinson, Toby Gearhart, um, TJ Yeldon, TJ Yeldon. That's they what I'm saying. Last year, did they? Yeah. So that's what. But either way, that's what I'm saying. They cannot get the running back position right. I don't think it's necessarily the talent. I think that it all comes back to Blake Bortles. Uh, and I think it's how they use them as well. And how they use them. Um, They've had. They, I think Fournette fits what they want to do. Yeah, what they're going to try and do is take the ball out of Bortles' hand as much as possible. And they'll still have T.J. Yeldon as checkdowns and things like that, along with uh, Denard Robson still on the team? I don't think so. I, You know, I heard that he was talking to the Cowboys the other day, so I assume that he's not on the team. Yeah, I don't think he is anymore. Yeah, he's gone. So if he was cut, it was probably pretty recent. Yeah, oh, and they also have Chris Ivory. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Chris Ivory. And I don't know. I mean, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles is a picture-perfect reason on why he's like the anti-Deshaun Watson. Blake Bortles has all the tools. Um, he even won with a smaller program, but he's essentially Ryan Mallett, and they spent a third round or a third selection in the first round. That's of unfair. He's not Ryan Mallett. That's essentially he's who he is. He's better than Ryan Mallett. Big arm, can't run. He's won them games. Ryan Mallett has not won games. Somehow tries to throw. Ball I'm just away, saying, Ryan Mallett's disrespectful. I don't like Blake Bortles, but <laughs> Ryan Mallett is an unfair comparison to anybody. Even if we hate them, that nobody should ever be a Ryan Mallett. I mean, I think he has the potential to be good. Yeah, I he think has he, all, exactly, he has everything that's kind he of needs. Point. I think he needs discipline, and I think he needs to understand that his job is up for grabs. And it's right. getting towards the end. And, I mean, they didn't even pick up the option. So that is probably a sign to him, like, oh, shit, I need to self-discipline and, and get my shit in line because I may not be a starting quarterback next year. Exactly. Like, he put – two years ago, he put the work in. He went out and saw Tom House. Yep. Worked on his mechanics. Well, he redid it this year, too. And then last year, he didn't. Nope. And it looked like it was palm in the full ball. Yep. And this year, he, he went, went back, back to, to House. It. Yep. 
So do we get the Blake Bortles of two years ago that looked like he could actually be a competent NFL quarterback? I take Blake Bortles. Or do we from get the guy ago. from last year that looked like Ryan Mallett? I mean, we'll get a mixture of the two. He's not going to be perfect. He's still going to throw those stupid, stupid interceptions. But I think with what they're trying to do, Leonard Fournette help will will give them a little bit of a safety net. Um, It'll running take the out of the backfield. Off, It'll take the pressure off a little bit. Um, they upgraded that tight end a little bit with Michael Riviere, who I actually like at tight end. I know he's kind of like a not a known tight end, but with him and Mercedes Lewis, I think it just adds another option on those checkdowns. Um, I think Blake Bortles can be good. I just don't know if he will be good. He's got that's all, the problem. He's a fucking Rubik's cube, is yeah, what he is. He's got you just got to keep talent. turning and keep turning and keep turning and keep turning, and hopefully, hopefully, you got the Rubik's cube right. If not, then yeah. you just I mean, have shit. You look at those receivers, decent tight ends. Solid offensive line. They do no. have they do have a pretty decent offensive line. They should be on the offensive side of the ball. They should be good. But should it all be. comes back to him. And like I said, he is really the antithesis of uh, of Deshaun Watson. You take Deshaun Watson, who doesn't have the same physical talent. He has different sort of physical talent than Bortles, but he has the work ethic. He has the leadership qualities. He has the love of the game, all the things that Bortles does not have. Sure. So it's going to be really fun to watch over the next couple of years to see what one kind of wins out. Yeah. I mean, overall, what do you think of the of the Jaguars? Where, where do you see them finishing in the AFC South? Fuck if I know. <laughs> I mean, they, again, they've got a bunch of talent. But what do you expect? I expect them to do Jaguar things. Um, they're going to they're gonna disappoint. Do I think that they're a bottom third of the league team? No, but I don't think they're going to get to 500. Okay. So about... Six and eleven. I mean six ten. Sorry. Six and eleven. Is wow. I'm so gonna add a game here. Math. We're, we get extra football this year. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, you know. Um. Oh yeah, I'd say yeah. six and ten. Six and ten sounds about right. Five and eleven. Yeah. That that kind of range. They're gonna sneak out a couple that they. They're gonna put. Actually, they're not gonna sneak out a couple. I think that they're gonna go out in a couple of games. They're gonna just straight up dominate a couple of teams, and everybody's gonna look at them like, "Is this finally them?" They have a favorable schedule too. They do. And then there's going to be a couple of games where they're just going to get straight up embarrassed the other way around. So I think that the AFC is no longer shit mountain. The AFC I mean, South or the AFC, AFC South. in general? Okay. I'm sorry. AFC South. Um, I know for the past couple of years, we've always said, hey, we're the kings of shit mountain. No matter what, it's not shit mountain anymore. Um, I agree a little bit. I think there's the potential to not be shit mountain. And then there's a potential to be shit mountain. Like Jacksonville is Jacksonville. We don't know what to expect. They could be shit. They could be eh. Nobody expects them to be great. Tennessee, we talked about them last week. They've done everything right, but now they have to execute. And I don't know if I fully buy into Malarkey yet. So I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to crown them as a as a competitor. You know, a competitor in the AFC South. I don't know. They could do Titan things as well and not do it and then fall back and they could be four and 12. I can see that happening. You know, the NFL is great. Like we, nobody really can Colts. be in the prediction business, but Vegas gets pretty close and Vegas still likes us. Oh yeah. And then I, why wouldn't they? I'm not saying that bias. I'm saying seriously, why wouldn't they right now? You we got are, rid of the worst quarterback in the league and you added back, three-time defensive player of the year to a defense that was number one in the league. Yeah, the best part about this whole exercise, me going on and listening to everybody else's podcast. Did and, you do that again? Yeah, I did it for every team. Oh, I can't do that. You know, it. Part, I felt dirty. Did you listen to the Jaguars one? Which I one? Did. The Teal Talk? Uh, down by the bank. Down by the bank. Yeah, I didn't even know about Teal Talk. Sorry, man. No. Oh, well. Um, but, no, I listened to them, and it was just fun to hear them, and fun to hear how if Deshaun Watson is good, it's the darkest timeline, because nobody's going to... All right, Touch I'm going to start Texans. listening tomorrow. That's you know? I'm going to listen to everybody's <laughs> podcast tomorrow. And it's I'm going to come on here and roast everybody because I'm going to be so pissed off that they're going to be talking about how shitty we're going to be when they're the shit team in the division. No, actually, everybody's still afraid of us. That's good. They should be. And that, that's been fun. It's kind of fun to hear other fans because, you know. Because you get that nowhere outside of the AFC South. That's shit. <laughs> you, you get that nowhere get, outside of AFC Houston, South. Like, dude, we yeah. didn't even get it in the hometown. I know. We yeah. listen to our sports radio, and it's all doom and gloom all the time. And then with the Colts, like, I mean, Andrew Luck hasn't even thrown yet. You know, they their offensive line is hot garbage. I mean, there's so many questions still in the AFC South that I, I feel like I can't say that we'll, we won't be shit mountain or we will be shit mountain. We have the potential to be a very, very tough, tough, tough division. 
And then we have a, the potential of running away with this division very easily. It, it's just, that's the best part about the NFL is it just changes. You just never know what to expect. You can't yeah. predict it. Um, and this is probably why we're all so addicted to it. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. We're doing a podcast. You're listening to us. This time of year, you love football. And this is why, because we don't have any idea what's going to happen. We're excited. All these teams are really, really close. Houston, I still think I am biased. And it's usually when I'm with my bias, I'm usually harder on us than I otherwise should be. But I still do think that we have the strongest overall roster. I would agree. I can't think of one area except for quarterback where and offensive line that a team is better than us at. I mean, I really can't. I mean, I really can't. We'll Wide see, receiver, we'll, maybe. Receivers, maybe. Maybe. We've but got we're also a got talent. a bunch of second-year guys, so who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll find Braxton out Braxton Miller looks to be dangerous, uh, according to some of the things I've been reading uh, in training yeah, camp. So. Apparently, he wasn't lining up in the slot. Yeah, I know. He's lining outside because he's actually fast. He's very fast. He's, he ran like a 4-4. That's what I'm saying. He's fast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, it, it's going to be fun. So, um, yeah, I, that's our Jaguars, and that's our AFC South. You can check out the Colts. You can check out the Titans. Jaguars will be up um, before tomorrow, I am hoping. I am assuming, and it will most likely will be. Um, and then next week, we'll be doing our podcast a little early, um, Sunday. Um, and we'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on in training camp, some of the things we want to see, some of the position battles that we're really looking at and, and really want to see what happens. Um, and then that's about it. John, you got anything else for uh, before we head out for the day? I'm done. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, make sure you go to iTunes um, and search Texans Unfiltered, um, SoundCloud Texans Unfiltered, um, I would love a review, uh, you know, even if it's not a five star, if you feel like there's areas that we can uh, be better, please let us know. Um, but any review would be awesome. SoundCloud, follow us. You can follow us on Twitter at TXNS underscore unfiltered um, Instagram, which has not been active too much, but I will get better about that. I have not done it. Uh, we do have a Facebook page, so you can go to Texans Unfiltered um, and find us there. And uh, we're working on a, a couple big things that could potentially work out uh, in our in y'all's favor. Um, so we'll let you guys know those things once we uh, once we seal them up. But other than that, this is uh, Texas Unfiltered. I'm Young Ari Gold, and I appreciate you guys joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, bulls on parade. Bulls on parade. Bulls on parade. Bulls on parade. Stop it one second. I say bulls on parade. Got a mean D, and they on the hunt. 